this is Erin. I'm Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Today we're welcoming Don Wolski to the podcast to talk with us all about the Inland Northwest Opera, family life, and her upcoming honor from the YWCA for her contributions to the arts and culture in Spokane. Don Wolski initially joined the Inland Northwest Opera in 2017 when INO was still Opera Coeur d'Alene. Within the first year of her appointment as general director, she oversaw many changes, including the rebranding of Opera Coeur d'Alene to Inland Northwest Opera to better reflect the mission to serve the entire region and its expanding audience. She has ensured that the opera will continue to have a place in our community, and we are thrilled to get to talk with her about her accomplishments today. Thank you to our sponsor, Inland Imaging, for helping support our podcast. Inland Imaging has the highest level of breast imaging expertise in the region. They have nine board-certified breast imaging radiologists, a large number of dedicated mammographers, breast sonographers, breast MRI technologists, and they're all at the top of their field and ready to help if you need it. They are the region's only network of breast imaging centers of excellence recognized by the American College of Radiology. With imaging centers conveniently located throughout the Spokane area and throughout the Inland Northwest, making an appointment at your preferred time and location comes with ease. Pair that with their advanced integrated electronic network to ensure your medical records are kept secure and your images read quickly so you have your results as soon as possible. Well, we are so stoked that you got to come up and hang out with us today and talk all things opera and the YWCA award that you just were nominated for and have won. So exciting. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what drew you to a life in opera? Oh, gosh. Ha. Yes. Um, Opera was an accident. Opera was just because I could sing high notes and I had no other place to do it. So, you know, here I was. Um, If you have kind of a sweeter voice, I'm going to date myself here. Um, But, you know, in the <clears throat> 90s, if you have kind of a sweeter voice and you sing in pop, then you're just Debbie Gibson. And, mm-hmm. and that was kind of beautiful, but cheesy. And so there weren't these outlets for singers that have these kind of higher ranges. And so it was it was just an accident. I was going to go into teaching, um, which I still do and I still love. And then I found out I could sing and, and oh, wait, there's all these really like exciting acrobatic things things to do in the opera world for a person with a really high voice. They call them coloraturas. So we do like little, well, I'm not going to demonstrate any, don't, (laughs) unless the cocktails come and change that around. But, um, so I didn't do much opera at all. I mean, most people don't in high school because the voice isn't quite mature enough yet, but you start to train. And it wasn't until I got into college that I started getting into that. And, um, I still, it was kind of a roundabout way. I mean, I didn't didn't go straight into um, opera administration. I went from um, undergrad to grad school music conservatory, and then I had some bills to pay because the arts are really expensive, and um, not all of us are fortunate to be able to have that covered. And so I um, joined the Army in um, five days before 9-11, so September 6th, 2001, I was in boot camp going 
cool, this is fun. I'm just going to sing in the army. And then I was like, oh, I'm still just singing, right? I'm still just singing. And so actually my backup specialty in the army was military police. So when the singers and the euphonium players um, and all of those types, I mean, your husband, mm-hmm. um, if your your primary specialty isn't, um, if there isn't room for it in times of war or whatever, then we would have been military police. So I didn't have to do that. Um, and so I was in the military for a while and then um, kind of skirted through a singing career and ended up in Spokane and someone said, hey, can you help out with the opera? I was like, sure, I'll help out. They're like, great. Can you be general director? And I was like, uh-huh. And they said, who? Um, and so I took it on. It's been five years. And uh, that's a very long story, but I'm not known for my brevity. So um, here I am. There you go. <laughs> we are so glad that this circuitous route brought you to the arts and especially in such an important role in our community in bringing Thank opera you. back to Spokane and Coeur d'Alene. And we had a fabulous time going on an opera cruise this summer and getting to see Orpheus and Eurydice. Incredible productions. And I'm still like just in awe of everything that was able to be accomplished, especially during COVID. And there have been some leadership changes recently in the INO. Is that accurate? It is. Um, It's... It's really exciting, frankly, for, for INO. So um, when I took this job, um, I said I'd give it three to five years to um, kind of be a, a loud voice of change in the company. So um, the company has a long history, and it's, you know, like any of the arts, I mean, sort of ebbs and flows with um, how well you're doing in any given season. Um, when you don't have... 20 events to rely on, you have three or four, you know, something goes awry with one, like in COVID or something like that, that can, you can get some financial hits. So when I came in 2017, um, they had a, a fairly significant deficit um, for the company. And, and I, I kind of started slow for a little bit. And then I said, so this isn't working for me. I can't sleep at night. So we need to take a look at, at what's happening here. And, and um, my biggest challenge was I didn't have a background in, um, arts leadership. You know, I just had a background in teaching and, um, teaching privately and then, you know, groups and then also performing. And so my biggest job was to, um, find mentors around. So pretty much I got to the point where anyone I met at any party or anything, I would just see what I could glean, you know, from their history and and leadership and stuff. And so there have been a number of people in town who either, um, helped to mentor me. They were just people outside of the organization that I could talk to regularly to kind of check in. And that is vital. I think so many of us as leaders will often feel like we need to have all of the answers within ourselves. You can't. But you can't. Yeah. To be an effective leader, reaching out to other people who have been there, done that, can be such a powerful source for change. And speaking of change, because of the leadership that you provided in the Northwest Opera, you've been nominated and have accepted, well, are about to accept a very important award. So could you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, It's been really interesting for me because um, I can talk about, I 
can get up and sing in front of 3,000 people without even thinking twice about it. I can talk about the opera for days. Um, but when someone recognizes you, it's almost, it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. And um, when they called me last week, we were having a kind of a rough week in the opera. And I just like had like an artist moment like right now. And just, I said, gosh, I... I needed to hear this today, you know, and, um, mm. I was so lucky that someone believed enough in me to, to, um, nominate me, but I looked at what was written and I was like, I don't, I didn't do these things in a vacuum. Mm. I did this with the community. I did this with my mentors. I did this with all of these volunteers and unspoken voices who guide you to make these decisions. So, um, that being said, I was honoree for, um, arts and culture division of the YWCA. And I don't know what else to say about it, except that, um, there's a long line of women who have preceded me. And it was funny. I actually started listing some names. I said, well, why isn't this person get it? Why didn't this person get it? And then I called them. He said, Oh, I got it. You know, five years ago, I got it. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just, um, so, yeah, so you asked me a question earlier that I didn't answer. You asked me now to tell you more about it, and all I can tell you is that it's an incredible honor, and um, and we have a really strong community of women in this region that make it really special, and, and to support each other and honor each other in this way just gives us more um, validation and incentive to keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd that's say. so important as a community for us to come together and recognize when people truly go above and beyond and all those sleepless nights that you spent <laughs> worrying about every different event and how it was going to go and what if it gets canceled and keeping people safe and then still providing an epic experience to be able to experience the arts in a very personal way. Because as we know, in-person singing and performing is such a challenging art form and Throughout COVID, we realized how much we missed it. And we were just talking to um, one of the members of the board of directors at Green Bluff Growers. She said one of the reasons she came back to the city was because of the arts scene here. Mm -hmm. So you have people wanting this more than ever. And she said she was sitting in the audience at a recent production, just tears streaming down her face, being so grateful to be there. So the fact that you were able to not only maintain and bring back this organization after a major global pandemic, but also to help it thrive. We were there. We saw all the people in the seats and, you know, the standing ovations that happen afterward. We are just so thankful for all the effort that you put into making this happen. It's also so nice to be recognized, too. You mentioned that you'd been doing this for the past five years and everything. but And so you work so hard. But sometimes when someone calls you out to say, hey, you know, we recognize what you've been doing, that really just kind of brings the last five years together and says, yeah, I mean, I accomplished that, that not in a vacuum, but, no, definitely uh, not. <laughs> but not by myself. But it, yeah, like we did that. That's something that we did over the last five years. So looking back, so you said you wanted to stay three to five years, looking back over the fa past five years, what would you say are some of the changes that you brought to INO that you're really proud of and want to highlight? One of the biggest changes that we made early on um, in my time with INO is 
changing the name and kind of the scope of who we were trying to reach because this community had two opera companies for quite a bit of time. We had Spokane opera and then they folded almost 10 years ago. And then we had opera Coeur d'Alene, but they weren't really reaching the same community. And, and, um, the biggest opera lovers would go to both regions and shows on both sides, but they didn't quite feel included in the same way. And so we pushed hard to rebrand as Inland Northwest Opera, INO, to serve the entire region and make sure that we had, you know, major events in both um, Coeur d'Alene and Spokane, but really kind of trying to reach out to the entire Inland North, Northwest. So at, that's kind of the biggest thing. And that really helped us. Um, there was not a robust fundraising um approach in any way <clears throat> prior to my coming. And so we have increased fundraising by almost 600% in a period Whoa. of time. Corporate sponsorships didn't exist prior to that. So we have corporate sponsors. We went from a 30% deficit to now a 30% surplus. But in that time, we almost tripled the budget. So it's a bigger amount of of money. And, and we went from basically one staff member to um, we are now going back to that leadership thing. We're now looking at having, um, five employees plus a bunch of part-time people. We quadrupled the audiences. I mean, I don't even know. I, I just feel like <laughs> we kind of came in and said, all right, this has to be sustainable. This has to be something that people can sleep at night and not worry, okay, if we don't get this ticket sales here, if we don't do that, how are we going to survive? And um, and so we really took it from an incredible company with heart and a reputation for high-level art already. The, re the artistic reputation, I think, um, we've just improved upon, but it was already really great. And we looked to kind of apply a business model to the entire organization so that... I, th <laughs> I was asking my friends for money or people I've become friends with, or they'd become better friends because they're donors. But if I'm going to ask you to invest a large amount of money in an organization, I sure as heck, I'm going to personally ensure that it's not just going to something that season and will be gone. You know, we have to be building on a business model, building for sustainability, building to be here regardless of the change of the guard, you know, get away from an organization that's tied to one person and, the, and get it towards a community being tied to that organization and the art form. So. Just a few things you've accomplished. <laughs> yeah. I am truly my to sleep. It's like not a thing we do. And so yeah. we just go, and you always are trying to improve. It's kind of exhausting for people who aren't artists. They're like, isn't this good enough? I'm like, well, no, it was good enough last year. But now we can do better. And they're like, Dawn, whoo, okay. Um, so, yeah. Well, we definitely empathize with always wanting to improve and be better and do amazing things in this community. And through the digital age, we've been able to communicate in whole new ways. That's one of the cool things that Inland Northwest Opera does is they make opera accessible for anyone. Your opera truck is so cool. such a cool and innovative <laughs> idea. Can you explain to the audience yeah. a little bit about what the opera truck does? The opera truck is a... Um, fully refabricated, um, box trucks. We took a 16 foot box truck and I thought it was just going to be really simple, like cut off the side and open up the doors and put in a stage. And 
my husband would kill me to hear that because we, you know, we, we had um, my husband, we had our technical director, Justin Schmidt, our director of marketing, Melody Heaton, um, is a car person too. So she was working on that, um, did a lot of the body work and then her husband. So there were all these like spouses and involvement. And we um, together took this idea of, okay, we can't bring people into the theater at the time that we envisioned it, but also... Not everyone's, they don't know the art form. They're not going to take a risk on it in these times if they don't know. And they're maybe not comfortable coming into the theater. You know, how do I dress? When do I clap? You know, all this kind of stuff, which I'm like, wear anything you want and please hoop and holler. Um, But not everyone knows that. And so we said, okay, how can we take this essentially mobile concert stage out to people all over the place? Um, And so it was a bit ambitious, but we finished it last August and, um, the debut was at the Mac museum on their lawn and we did a big concert there. And then the very next day had to strip it and and get it ready to, um, to be the set for little red riding hood, which is our children's opera and took that all over the region. So kids could come and they could sit outside in the parks or sometimes we'd be next to a playground and they could kind of play and hear opera or come over. Um, and it's stuck. Like I'm addicted to it. Um, the entire team over at INO and the community, I think is addicted to it. And we got a grant from Spokane arts, which is huge. Um, really just exciting to be recognized by an organization like Spokane arts in town who gave us a grant to continue and expand the opera check, um, in the 2021 season. So it's just out there. Um, my original vision was to have it kind of be like the ice cream truck where you start to hear the noise and you're like, I heard the opera truck. And so I still have that dream for this summer where we might say where we're popping up. Um, we can't, we can't actually sing as we're going down the street without a parade permit. So there's that, but we can pop up in various parks and have people, you know, catch us, tag us, um, and not be there long enough to have too much congregating if, that becomes an issue, hopefully, outdoors, and this summer is not such a big thing. But, yeah, so be like, hey, we're going to be hitting Manitou and, um, you know, Audubon Park and, and you know, these five places and see if you can catch us. That's so exciting. Just to hear a little bit of, like, I don't know, high notes. Everybody Loud needs though. a high note. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the summer, too, you know? Like, be outside, get some fresh air, hear some music. Like, I think so. Yeah, enjoy it. You also did some, or INO did some uh, in the park. They did some opera in the park, right? Or Yeah, well, we let's see. Um, most of our stage this summer was the opera truck, but we okay. did do some. We did some down at Riverfront Park Pavilion and then just various parks throughout the region all the way out to... Um, you know, up in Hayden Lake as well and in different areas. One of the ones that was really fun was the um, Boys and Girls Club of the CDA Tribe in Worley. And um, I really, really like to have seen more of those kind of outreach opportunities where, I don't know, everyone should be able to hear a little opera. Then decide if you don't like it or, you know. But usually the kids run around and start singing really, you know, loud and high, so. Oh, yes. I have had that experience. In my classroom, I used to play opera for kids, and that was very popular to try to hit those same notes. I will say they are not trained professionals. It doesn't work out as well as you would think. But it is cute, and we do want them to be inspired to try a variety of different art forms. Yeah, absolutely. 
A big shout out to our sponsor, One Tree Hard Cider. We love One Tree Hard Cider because it's made using Washington State ingredients and it's made in Spokane. With everyday cider flavors like lemon basil, huckleberry, strawberry kiwi, and seasonal favorites like pumpkin and snow globe, there's a One Tree Hard Cider for you. Go to OneTreeHardCider.com to find out where you can purchase your very own cider. And as always, drink responsibly. Um, could you tell us kind of what you have planned or what I know has planned for this coming season? Oh, am I allowed to tell you? Oh, if you're allowed to tell us. We will keep your secret. Don't worry. No one's listening. It's totally just between us. No, I'm trying. Well, Melody's not watching this live, so she can't text me and say, you can't tell people yet. Um, so there. Okay. So, um, I kind of just want to tell you, see, see, I'm still thinking about it. Um, the opera has four, (laughs) (laughs) the opera has, uh, four main programs currently. And then we're adding the fifth, which is the opera Chuck. So we have a children's opera. We have our opera on the lake, which you guys attended this year, which is just, it's like sunset and wine and and comedy. It's always something in English oh, or translated so to English and funny. Um, so we have an annual gala, mm-hmm. um, and then, which is a performance mostly, mm-hmm. and then an opportunity to, you know, give a little if you want. Um, and then our main stage opera. So a few things, a few scheduling things are still being worked out, but our main stage opera is going to be, um, in September, the 9th and 11th at the Fox again. Mm-hmm. Um, our, cruise will be mid-July like it it usually is our um educational outreach is going to go back onto the opera truck um because it's it's just not the right time to be asking schools to get in there in a couple months we just want to make sure again everyone deserves access and the best way to ensure that is to be outdoors but then we have our opera truck then we're gonna have a lot of other fun little parties peppered throughout the year so people can come and um just hear a little bit of opera so what I can tell you is that what we had planned for 2020 is what we're looking to bring back, bring for 2022. Um, the main stage opera has, um, bumpy. There you go. So if you know what that is, um, and our summer, Boat Cruise will bring back Madison Leonard and her husband Shay as lead characters in a really funny comic opera by Donizetti. So I think I can tell you that. (laughs) That was the most perfect answer that you could possibly give without giving too much away. So what you need to do is follow Inland Northwest Opera on Instagram and Facebook. Melody would be very happy to hear that. Yes. Yes. And... We can't wait to see you at the next opera event. What is the next event you have coming up for the opera? That's a great question. Our team just met yesterday, our staff, to kind of iron out some of the schedule for this year. Because in a typical year, um, we wouldn't start really until the beginning of the summer. Especially because we do so much outdoors, we have to wait for that. Um, But our fabulous director of development, Kimberly Babb, is really pushing for a bunch of these fun, smaller opera parties without too many people where, um, she's in talks with art spirit gallery in Coeur d'Alene 
who's a great partner for us this season and a bunch of different places to kind of pepper these in so that in any given month, you have something that you might be able to attend. And so I can't answer right now, right when we're going to begin, I would expect to keep an eye out. I would say probably by about March, mm-hmm. we'll start to see right around the season official announcement. We're going to have a couple little parties or places where you can go and hear a singer for a little bit and have some cocktails and, and kind of enjoy the opera. So, and as an aside, was it Franklin that yes. I got to meet? Oh my goodness. And with these events, they are fabulously organized. You get a chance to enjoy music that you might not otherwise be listening to when you're at home and get to know people in the community who are supporters of the arts. So it is not just, you know, something where you sit and, you know, take in what's happening at the theater, but you're actually able to interact with people around you and have a fantastic time. I highly recommend any of these small gatherings. We went to the most fabulous one. I was so grateful for your invitation. I'm so glad you came. Yeah, to meet Frank. Come to the next one. Yes, 100%. I will totally go to. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, But the partnership with Northern Quest has been, and the Kalispell Tribe, with your new board member. It's been very exciting. Um, Franklin Snodgrass is a new board member for us and is um, passionate about opera passionate about bringing people together and connecting people. And he said, I really want to throw a party. And, and we didn't, we sort of made this decision without a lot of notice. We kind of said, okay, well, we'll do it in about a month, which typically you, you book these things further in advance. And, um, we ended up having such a great group of people and, um, and we got to know just new faces because the whole point of arts is to bring people together but you don't want to bring the same people together all the time. That That's sometimes why the classical um, genres get a incorrect but negative stereotype about mm-hmm. them because um, you're, yeah, I think just being able to bring people together and making sure you have opportunities for everyone, regardless of your experience, regardless mm-hmm. of your economic um, circumstance. And, you know, when it comes to our main stage opera, I will say that because you said we try to make it accessible. Mm-hmm. Our lowest ticket price is $23. We always have some donors who will purchase a blocks of, of tickets for people who can't afford it. Um, wow. Orpheus and Eurydice, we were very intentional about making sure that a donation of any size allowed you to watch this. So you can watch Orpheus and Eurydice for a dollar. Amazing. And so anyone can get a chance to see the opera for just $1. That is incredible. I just don't think people should be inhibited from experiencing mm-hmm. great art. It's not for just a select few. We've got to break down these barriers. And the idea behind, you know, arts are, arts are some sort of luxury. Mm. Arts really are necessary for our survival. You will not find a human being on the planet, regardless of their circumstance, who does not turn to at least one of these things. Singing, um, visual arts, dancing, food art, some way of trying to organize the chaos in your world into beauty. You will not find people. You find people in the concentration camps who are still turning to art to elevate them. And art is not just for an elite few. Art is for everyone. And Spokane 
And this entire inland Northwest region is such an incredible place because they embrace this idea of coming together and making all of these things accessible. And they, they embrace the importance of all of these different types of art to keep our community vibrant. I mean, it's pretty unusual to have a community of this size with how much culture is present here. And, um, people ask me, Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, Spokane. Oh, Oh no, 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 I'm from, and you know, I'm actually from the East (laughs) coast and I forget. And we have been here for 14 years and it's, it's home. It's home because this community embraces people immediately. And, um, I don't know. We're very lucky in that way. We are, right? To have a city where people can come from any different walk of life and feel immediately connected and involved. And I feel like the arts here provide tons of opportunities for people to not only get out of the house and experience something beautiful, but also to participate. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's unique about Spokane is that we're big enough to have all of this diverse art, but we're also small enough to have the ability to try out and get involved in a performance, whether it be, you know, a small local theater or organization or getting a chance to sing at an event. I love how powerful the arts have been as a form of connection in this city. To answer your earlier question about leadership, um, I, it was one of my biggest mentors here who I won't name him. Um, but when he decided to invest, um, significantly in the opera, I was about halfway through my first year. Um, and we had been texting back and forth and I finally said, listen, you've said you want to give money to the opera. I don't want to keep harassing you, but it's go big or go home. You know, this is where we are. I have exciting stuff to tell you, but I don't want to keep harassing you. He said, okay, what are you doing in an hour? And he brought up a significant check and, and met with me and we hit it off and became dear friends very quickly. Um, and he said, okay, this is an experiment for me. Hmm. Um, will you give three more years to the opera? Cause I need three years for us to work together. And at that day I was like, I had like a, Stefan was only, you know, 18 months old and the job was pretty big and I knew it was going to get bigger. And I said, yes, I'll give you three years. Um, I gave him four and a half from there. Um, but from that day, we had a very specific goal in mind. Mm. The goal was to get Aino to a place of sustainability mm. and to make sure that every dollar that people gave to Aino counted mm. and counted not just for today and not just for this show or this specific singer, but it counted for the legacy of opera in this region. So um, we're there. We're there. And I struggled really hard with the decision um, because, you know, you have, it's your baby and you've put a lot of time and effort into something. But I said, you know what? I know is ready to shift to the next team of people that will take, I know to the next level. Mm-hmm. And what I recommended to the board that they agreed with, which I thought was fabulous. I said, this position is too big for one person. I think you're going to have a really hard time getting someone to do all that I've done and take it to the next level, we need to split my position in two. And so instead of having a general artistic, which is what my position has been, 
INO is going to have an executive director and an artistic director. And um, they've started a search for that. And I gave them until June. So I said, listen, I can stay for six months. I can stay for two days of that. I can stay for five and a half months of that. I'm here for whatever you need from me because I serve at the pleasure of the board and the needs of INO. And um, the candidates we have coming in already are like, they're like more than two of me. I can oh, safely wow. say that the people that are expressing interest in this job, I'm getting goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, are, it's like everything that I hoped we could do for INO. So I encourage people, I have been the face of INO, but INO has outgrown all of us and is, is here to stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the people coming in, um, They've, uh, we've been advertising, of course, in um, Opera America and in LinkedIn and in local um, markets, both here and in Northern Idaho. And um, there is a knock on your table. There's a really um, a very strong chance that we will have some offers out by the end of the month to just take this and run with it. Um, and I, I don't know. It's it, it, it was what I wanted. Mm. It's what I wanted for INO. It's what I wanted for myself and for my family. And um, so I'm trying not to like jinx it, uh, <laughs> but it's for anyone who would for anyone who would hear that news and find and be nervous. Like <laughs> this is only going to get better. And if it's not going to get better, I'm here and I'm loud mm-hmm. and I'll call someone and be like, nah, I shouldn't have done that. And they'll be like, Don, <laughs> you're not here anymore. I'll be like, okay. But, um, so that's what's happening. And then it's giving me the opportunity. Um, I've taken a position. I'm an adjunct professor at um, Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in some discussions with some other projects. There are a couple potential consulting projects with, um, housing the unhoused. And there's another one, I can't name the organizations, but another one that is focused on bringing, um, medical, uh, training to doctors in remote areas where they can't, they're not close enough to a hospital to get that. And yet today we need that. And, um, I'm just excited for more projects where I can take my crazy ball of energy and do something good for other people. It won't always be in the arts because the arts are just one vehicle to making the community a better place and to bringing people together and making our lives um, worth living, I think. And so like, I'm really excited for INO, but I'm really excited um, for my family and what's next for me and how mm-hmm. do I take this kind of a fireball sometimes. And <laughs> Wait, take- what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a song. We won't sing it. No, I just taking this energy and see like how how can I how can I channel that in ways that allow me to sleep at night. Mm. And ours has been my vehicle for a lot of my life and for the last five years. But getting really deeply in the nonprofit sector and meeting people across so many different nonprofits has been inspiring. To I don't know. I don't know. Life is. Life is short and I don't know. I've often thought about time in the arts and time in education as like doing your tour of duty. You know, you have so much energy to expend and there's a limit to what you can do, especially with a job that you could truly do for 24 hours a day and never feel like you've done enough. I 
I, I commend you for not only taking this organization to the level that it is now, but also to know what your limits are and to pass that on to people who have leadership experience that will take it to even a greater place where it can be a sustainable and long, not longevity, but what am I trying to say? To a sustainable and lifelong opportunity for people to experience opera so we are just so proud of you and so grateful you're so sweet it's true i'm just excited to hang out with the two of you (laughs) but the work that you have done and the work that you continue to do is so inspiring and we are so grateful that you were able to come down and hang out with us today and if you are looking for more information about either the inland northwest opera or you would like to follow don on social media what are some ways that people can connect with ino and with you Oh, you're sweet. Um, so INO, if you type in INO Opera, you will get us and Opera in Ireland. So oh, not Ireland, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's inlandnw for northwestopera.com. And then our handles, huh, is that even the right word? Sorry, yes, it Melody. Is. Is your it? handles. Yes. Our handles. Okay. I think of like love <laughs> handles. And I'm like, that's not what we're talking They're about. They're so wonderful. All right. So Facebook is, you know, Inland Northwest Opera, INO. And then um, we're on Twitter a little bit. And then Instagram, it's INO Opera over there. And then myself, you just look up Don Volsky. My maiden name is Caspro. So I got a couple Polish names in there. And, mm-hmm. um, you can just look me up there. My website is a little outdated. Melody yells at me for that, but um, you can always just find me. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We Thanks. will see you very soon. Thank you so much to Don Wolski for talking with us on the podcast today. We learned so much about what she has done to further the arts in our city and beyond. Be sure to follow her to see what she accomplishes in helping to build a more connected and prosperous community here in Spokane.